The Tennessee Titans suck. We're coming out of that three-week-or-so desert of not much going on in the NFL, the calm before the storm. Fellas, are you guys excited for combine and being about three weeks from free agency? You better believe it. This is what we were built for. Nerds like us, ready to watch some grown men run around in their underwear and talk about where other grown men may play on another team. This is what we were made for. Now, big fella, about seven years ago, I realized... We've been friends for about a decade. You were really <laughs> next level in the NFL win. Uh, I remember you called me and you were like, hey, man, did you see what Ronnie Turbin just ran? And Robert I was like, Turbin looked like a tank. I'll still, still to this day, I think he had one of the most impressive 40 <laughs> yard dashes. He wasn't super lightning fast, but and, he looked like a ball of muscle. <laughs> and I was like, no, I am not watching the <laughs> NFL combine midday on a Tuesday. And you're next level. You love. <laughs> The combine. I know, Landon, you're really big into this. What are you looking forward to most about the combine starting this next week? Well, first of all, I want to see how healthy Tua Tungaviola is because when healthy, he's in consideration with Joe Burrow for the best quarterback. And if he's able to even just to throw a little, show off that he's going to bounce back from the sip injury, that'll make this draft a lot more interesting. Then secondly, I want to see if Henry Ruggs is as fast as they say. People say he could challenge John Ross's 4.22 40-yard dash. And I want to see it because I want to believe it. I want to believe a guy could run faster than 4-2-2. And you watch the tape. He looks like he could do it. But there's a reason there's only been, I believe, six or seven sub 4-3-40s this century. That's literally, without hyperbole, John, Olympic-level sprinting when you get into the 4-2s, at least from a trial standpoint. Tua, yeah, I, I get it. I, you see all the attributes when you watch how they play. There's not a lot of precedent for a guy having serious injury issues two seasons in a row and then going in top five. Yet, you hear a lot of pundits right now, big fella, just talking themselves into big trades and him going third, fourth, fifth. I myself, I don't buy it. The track record's not there. What are, you, what are you trending towards with Tua? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of a different type of athlete. And you always, I mean, as we've seen with Mariota, you've always got to be concerned about a guy's medical and if it checks out. And granted, his weren't, his were some weird injuries. The hip thing, I mean, that could literally happen to anybody. It's not because of his frame or anything like that. It could have happened to anybody. But I think it's interesting to, to kind of be in this weird water where everybody knows he's got exceptional talent and, and everybody also knows you can not win a Super Bowl without a quarterback and teams are so desperate for that it, it makes other teams reach or believe they believe what they want to believe about a, a player and a prospect so I think there will be a lot of people if Tua can come out and look like he's healthy a little at least a little bit and throw the ball around then somebody's going to fall in love with him and they're going to take him top five top ten it, it's going to happen like you, I don't agree with it. The only one of the only top quarterbacks I really believe should go that high is Joe Burrow. But somebody is going to to make a decision like that, and it's just too important of a position to not take that gamble if you don't have a solid guy. So somebody's going to do it. Landon John makes that constraint argument that yeah there's some injury history yeah that's a serious injury but yeah quarterback makes the difference he, he has talent except for Sam Bradford I would say although he showed a lot of potential he never could stay healthy that was a failed experience other than that over the last 10 or 15 years you don't have I mean NFL teams over and over you see examples of pundits and the media think a guy's gonna go high and he goes lower because of injury issues so are you buying the Tua top five hype 
I'm buying it because there's several teams in that general top five area that have a desperate needed quarterback, and we're probably six months removed from when we all thought the Dolphins were tanking for Tua, the clear best prospect, a franchise quarterback, a guy who changes everything, a guy you would go 0-16 for, and a broken hip is devastating to his draft stock, but he's on track to recover completely. I've seen reports that his medicals have cleared with all the teams. He'll be able to participate some at the combine, which is great considering how relatively re- recent this injury was, but then you've got the Miami Dolphins, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Indianapolis Colts, all in the top 15, all don't really have a future at quarterback, and all have the potential to be able to redshirt Tonga Viola, where they can draft him, and there's no pressure on him to return. Wherever they go, they've got incumbent quarterbacks that are placeholders where Tua can rest, recover, get healthy, adapt to the NFL playbook, and just make the transition easier. In a way, it's like what Patrick Mahomes went through, even though I think Tua is much less raw. If you can, if you can rest a guy, let him see and understand the game, have him see it from a different perspective from the sideline rather than in-game for the first time. If he doesn't really enter the league until his second year when he's comfortable, that really helps out a quarterback's confidence because then it's not on him to perform in a new environment. He knows everything that's going on, and then it's just a matter of applying what he's learned in that year of redshirting. Let's talk about our team. We want to hear news about re-signings and extensions, and we got one, although minor. Harvard graduate Anthony Ferkser hey, uh, re-signed. He'll be back with us next year. So my only question is, how do you like them apples? <laughs> my boy's wicked smart. You know, he's got that boy's smart. smart. He, he's got the smart pack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really like it. Uh, Ferkser is a really good player. He's an ascending player, as, as the three of as the three of us, as we've talked about before. And I think he provides some consistency, especially if you're going to go with a guy like Tannehill again so you have two tight ends regardless if we keep Walker or not I don't think we will but you have Johnny Smith and you have Anthony Ferkser as our tight ends and there are worse two two tight end sets in the league so I think John Robinson was trying to make an easy move and try to show everybody that it's a good faith effort more or less and you know he's going to reward guys who perform let's talk about our rivals Landon you know I'm a big fan of Phil Rivers Uh, always have been he's from northern Alabama I'm from close to that area followed us really like him. He's a tough guy. He looked absolutely spent in the back half of the season. The guy is 38 years old. There's so much talk to the point where it seems almost prevailing he's going to wind up in Indianapolis. Just straight up, who do you like better for just next year? Jacoby Brissett or Phil Rivers? Because I like Brissett. Am I crazy? I think if you believe that Brissett can get back to being healthy, it's obvious he was still shaken up with the injury that caused him to miss a couple games. And before that, he'd been playing great. If you're getting that Brissett, a healthy Brissett, Brissett, who's confident in his ability to perform, I would take Brissett because Philip Rivers, that whole 2004 draft class is seeing the effects of father time. They're all at the end stages of the career. Big Ben had to have several tendons reattached to his el- his throwing elbow, I believe. Eli Manning retired. Philip Rivers' arms started going. and he had one of his worst seasons of his career. So it's just inevitable. If you're not Tom Brady, this late in your career, you start to fall off and you're no longer that good. It's just a matter of fact. And I would rather them sign Philip Rivers, spend some of their cap space, on a guy who I don't think really boosts them that much compared to Brissett's lowered cap hit, where they can sign more pieces around him because he'll have a much better line, but he'll have much worse weapons. His offensive line was terrible. He never had time. But with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, even a washed up Melvin Gordon, and a sometimes injured Hunter Henry, you don't throw the second most interceptions in the in the NFL just because your offensive line sucks. It's a matter of your arm strength and just your deteriorating physical condition. So Indy, I hope Phil Rivers comes up there.
John, you love has-been players. What do you think about Rivers? <laughs> number one, number one. A, when did we start calling him Phil Rivers? Never ever have I in his eight. He actually years hates playing, being called Phil Rivers. That's why Landon say, does it. I've he's only a, he's gone on record to say he hates being called Phil Rivers. He is Philip Rivers. And also, you guys leave that man alone. He has nine children. Do you know what that takes out of you? And to be an NFL player, he's exhausted. So, um, you know, I he, he's okay looking sluggish. And, you know, to Landon's point, yeah, I hope he goes to Indianapolis because Jacoby Brissett has proven time and time again that we can't sack him. So... I know we can sack Philip Rivers, so let Philip let Phil Rivers go to the Colts <laughs> and let them do something with Jacoby Brissett because Nathan, like you, if it's me and I'm in I'm the like Colts him. front office, I like Brissett way more than I like Philip Rivers. He's athletic, he's durable. Yeah, he had a couple injuries, but he got hit pretty hard a couple times. Yeah, I um, think he didn't play well against us only because he was yeah. hurt. You let that guy get healthy and they protect him. Oh yeah, our offensive line I think was overrated as a as a group. I, I I'd roll with Brissett. I tell totally Two years ago, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't want them to get Phillip Rivers. But I think that two years makes a difference. The guy was a total noodle arm back half, and I, and I apologized for Rivers. But I think he's done. I agree with both of you. Yeah, Guys, uh, big news coming up is fifth-year options. Players have the right from December 30th of this past year to May 30th. They have a window to sign players from the 2017 draft that were drafted in the first round to a fifth-year option. Reasons and one of the big things about signing a guy in the first round, top 10 guys get a top five average salary, and everybody else gets the average between the third highest and the 25th highest player at that position. So Corey Davis, if they sign him to a fifth-year option and they have until May 30th to decide, Davis would come back to the Titans for a fifth year, not this next year, but in 2021 at $15.8 million. And I had to estimate this this myself. I had to do a spreadsheet. We, We should put this out because I couldn't find this anywhere, but I would estimate Adoree Jackson at ten and a half million. So we'll start with you, Landon. What's your prediction on Corey Davis? Uh, it doesn't seem likely we'd bring that guy back on a fifth-year option. He'll be for a fourth-year prove-it, just like Jack Conklin successfully did, right? And then, big fella, give me your opinion on Adore Jackson. Well, it's smart of you to consult the resident Corey Davis fan first. Let me tell you, no, 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 absolutely not. As much as I love him, I've gotten his autograph i've seen him so many times i've i mean i cheered and i cursed when we drafted him in philly out of sheer excitement i love him so much he hasn't been healthy he hasn't produced enough outside of one year where he had so many targets he was one of the league leader in targets two seasons ago he hasn't proven enough he's a great blocker he's one of the better blockers in the league he's a great team player he's a great person that's not how you win football games that's not who you pay almost 16 million dollars in cap space into if you could sign amari cooper to 16 million i would do that right now over bring back Corey Davis. It's just a numbers crunch. He's not that good. And now on Bussin' with the Boys, it was mentioned that he had turf toe pretty much all of this last season. That's why he was so hampered in his receiving. And maybe it's like what we saw with Conklin where he has to adjust from an injury. He doesn't play that well. He gets back to form. He gets more comfortable. He gets more confident. And he breaks down and we have to pay him. At that point, let us pay him. If he proves he's a good number two receiver to A.J. Brown, we'll pay up then. But we can't pay him before he shows it because he hasn't shown it so far. Yeah, I don't think we're keeping Corey Davis at that number. 
number. And Landon, I mean, you know, I get the point to the about the injury, but it's not like this guy has ever had a clean bill of health. So that has to, you know, factor in also when you're considering a fifth-year option or a long-term deal, and I just don't see it happening. If you would have told me after his rookie year that we might exercise his fifth-year option, I would say, yeah, definitely, because he was on the rise. He had a huge game against the Patriots in the playoffs, and then he started to do some good things. But he's continuously been hurt, and, and with the guys that we have on our roster, I don't see it. Now, Adore. Adore Jackson. That's a guy. <laughs> I feel like Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. I think he is definitely worth the money. He's played really well. Came up big in some really big time spot. And that's what we need out of our defensive backfield. We're going to have kind of a mismatched defensive backfield going forward. And I think he's going to be one of the cornerstone pieces in it. I'm all in on Adore Jackson. I would agree. Regardless of Ryan's future with this team, even if we resign. Ryan and pick up Dory's option. That trio of Butler, Ryan, and Dory Jackson was amazing the first six weeks before Butler got hurt. Now, we didn't play many good offensive teams. The Buffalo Bills, who were pretty average, might have been the best team we faced. But our defense was just a couple steps above what it was the rest of the season because we had three starting cornerbacks who were all really good, who could all handle their man, and we were one of the best pass defenses in the league with those three guys. And as soon as we lost Butler and had to put our fourth and fifth cornerbacks in, we started to see holes in the defense. Ryan had to go to the outside, and he played worse. But if you can have that trio back, if they can stay healthy, we saw their chemistry and just how devastating they can be, especially with Kevin Byard patrolling the middle of the field. I think our front office... People talk about winning championships and all the cliches. I really think they think they're championship contenders. I think they might be, they feel like they might be one or two pieces away. I really think that the moves they've made the last two offseasons, they're trying, they're loading up for a run. And what happened in the last month of the season validated that, right? They are going to keep Corey Davis for a fourth year. They're not going to extend the fifth year option. They don't really care about 2021. They're all in. And this is a guy who has the talent to catch a touchdown in a playoff game because he's literally done so. He blocks his head off and he doesn't get mad for getting two targets like a lot of high profile receivers do. I think they're all in with him. They don't really care about anything else. Fifth year option, obviously, just because of the nature of where he was drafted, it's just not happening. The Adoree Jackson thing, Landon, John, you two, you make excellent points that they're tantalized by that first five five or six games of the season where we were literally a top five defense and our strength was that defensive backfield. And they probably think even without the DMP scheme, which I do think will hurt us. I think a lot of got a lot of guys, good guys coming back, but I think that they will do everything they can to solidify those three guys, maybe even bring back Ryan this year and beyond. So I think you guys make good points. Guys, if you got to control what we did with that 29th pick, not a specific player necessarily, but the position that we picked, regardless of who we decide to keep or not in free agency, or if we trade it, what what would you do with the pick? Or what would your leaning be with how we would use that pick? Can I say kicker? <laughs> no, I, I obviously would not use our 29th pick on a kicker. But, you know, given our inconsistency at the position over this last year, it really has shown Titans Nation how important that position is and how crucial it is to winning games. So I think that is a position I would target somewhere in the draft and actually draft a kicker uh, with a big leg. But I think with our 29th pick, obviously there are three big positions that I think that are of need. I think we really need to get a solid right guard. Not to say Nate Davis has done a bad job, but if he's he's going to need to continue to ascend to to be starting material going forward uh so i think that's somewhere we look i also you think, you think we should consider an interior lineman at 29 it depends on what's there you know i've it 
it's kind of a unique thing to be picking this late. And I, I kind of like it. But then another part of me is like, oh, man, we have to watch 28 players get picked ahead of us. And that kind of stinks. We might. I don't know. It kind of, like I said, it depends on what talent is there. But one of the other big pieces I really think we, we've talked about it before. We need that game changing edge rusher. We need somebody to come off just like a, a screaming eagle and really cause some havoc. The other person I was thinking about in, in that 29th pick is a, another receiver more or less to replace the Corey Davis role or maybe fill the role that Corey Davis never did. I think 29 would be a good spot in there. With how loaded the draft class is at receiver, I think we can get a top flight guy at that at, at that draft spot. For me, I, I want us to pursue a pass rusher. I don't like it when fans say, oh, we should trade this or do this like we can assume that it would, but we've seen a precedent where late first round picks uh, can be leveraged for pass rushers and other big time players uh, that are headed for the franchise tag. Uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'd love to see us swing for the fences because I don't think we have any higher of a ceiling, even if we bring everybody back without a better pass rusher. And I don't want to depend on Harold Landry to just magically get better or Jeffrey Simmons to turn into Albert Hainsworth next season. So I want to see us kind of just go for it. And Landon has made some really good points off air about maybe a Shaq Barrett or a top like that just in free agency. And we'd have to be pretty shrewd with our returning free agents uh, to get a guy like that. But there, there is a avenue there there is a scenario where we could do that i want to see us maybe swing for a trade otherwise i want to see us just pick the best player available landon john makes really good points about the depth of this receiver class i know you uh, would look for a guy maybe in in a later round but if you had control what what would you do with this 29th pick i would personally try and do what the colts did last year when the redskins traded up for montez sweat and trade back with the team for their future second or their third in this year's draft so around pick 40 you drop 10 spots you get pick 70 or so or you get a future second because to me unless someone like Yitor Grossmatos out of Penn State the edge rusher or Jeff Gladney a cornerback from TCU unless a guy like that falls and right now it's shaping like all those guys are gonna go ahead of us unless someone unexpected falls I'm not really content with any of the players that would be available at 29 to fill a need. So I'd rather trade back, recoup some assets, and then you really build out the depth of this team. Because at 29, there aren't really any edge rushers in particular that strike me as having immediate impact or having a high ceiling. So I might as well trade back and get some more assets. And with that early third, you can take a swing at a receiver. This draft is just so low. There's going to be a guy who in most years would be a mid-round two pick. He'll be there round three. I'd love to see that happen. I've mentioned this off the air as well. I think there's a chance, as crazy it is, as it is and how much he is the face of the Tennessee Titans, I think there's a chance we don't bring back Derek Henry. The amount of money he's asking, that would cover the contract for Jack Conklin, who's been much better this past season, who's solidified the right tackle position. It would solidify our offensive line. We've seen the offensive line is more important than the running back. Even if we brought back Conklin, you could also put Henry's money towards a pass rusher, a guy in free agency, or a guy you'd trade your first round pick for to sign and trade and do it that way. So I could also see us using that first rounder on a best player available type scenario where a guy like DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor, this guy who's a great running back, he can be a franchise running back. He's just really devalued. You see a guy where you get him for five years, kind of cheap. You run him to the ground. He's he's much cheaper on the cap. He fits your system. He's a better third down back than Derrick Henry. And it allows you to move some of your cap to find a better edge rusher who could help you immediately rather than draft and develop a guy. John, I think 
the more days that go by when we have an opportunity to extend Derrick Henry don't, I think that creeps in for a lot of fans. I think the possibility of what Landon's saying rises. I don't think we would hand the keys over to a rookie. I don't think we'd pick a running back at 29, but I very well think we, we might in the second or third round, which is still pretty high billing for a running back. I think we'd bring in, like we did three years ago, bring in a veteran guy along with a rookie. J-Rob has done that before with this team. But, big fella, does that thought creep in with you that we might be bold and not bring back Henry? I've got two questions for both of you. First, how dare you? (laughs) Secondly, where do you come off? Yeah, I'm a firm believer that Derrick Henry will be on this team next year. Yeah, the longer it goes on, the more likely it is that maybe he's going to go shopping elsewhere and get a bigger deal. But I'm just, we're just talking about possibilities and, you know, fleshing them all out because there are a lot of different scenarios that can happen. But I just think Derrick Henry was so crucial for us this year. There's no way us being a quarter or so away from a Super Bowl with the league's best running back, there's no I, I don't see a way how we don't bring him back just with how important he is to us and how important he is to what we do so i think he's going to be back uh, do i think that he will probably shop the market yeah he will his, his representation is out there you know probably getting feelers and seeing where they're going to take some visits in the next you know in a couple weeks um but i think he comes back you know and i wonder if he if he doesn't i wonder what kind of deal he would get and if we're sitting there with egg on our face if he you know doesn't get record-breaking money but it's it's a really big question and i kind of feel like j-rob might do you know might do it this way where nobody's talking about it so everybody lets doubt creep back in their mind but then all of a sudden out of nowhere when we least expect it or have given up hope here comes j-rob with a contract to save the day and everybody can go to sleep and rest easy and can all wear our two-tone blue 22s again and i firmly believe that's going to happen lana what is franchise tag availability start like what's the window for that we've talked so much about and i hear so much on national local media about we might tag Tannehill, we might tag henry because of this last year's cba we could tag both but i mean what's our window for that all right so it's relatively short it's february 25th to march 10th so that's two and a half three weeks and it ends about a week before free agency starts and this will be a lot easier for us because it's a decision we've had to make ever since we made the playoffs and Tanya Hill was so great and I I, th- I would expect us to use the franchise tag on Tannehill unless we come to a, an agreement on a long-term deal ahead of time. Because if we use the franchise tag, we ensure no outside team, and there are plenty of teams who would like to sign Ryan Tannehill who don't have a quarterback. We keep him to ourselves. We retain negotiating power over him where he can only negotiate with us. And at worst, he'll play for $27 million a year. It's not like Kirk Cousins. He was a first-round pick, and he signed a second contract. He's not hurting for money like a fourth-round quarterback is. And he likes it here. We've helped rejuvenate his career, and I think he's almost a lock to get the franchise tag unless we come to an agreement. There's been a recent stretch, obviously, with Ferkser, and I also saw we came to an agreement with Cam- Cameron Batson. These players aren't near the level that Ryan Tannehill is in terms of importance, but we're starting to make some moves around before free agency starts. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get news on a Tannehill contract before free agency breaks because he was the key to us being great and there's no reason why he won't be back. Big fella, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but was it dumb to not bring back Conklin? We could have brought him back for $12.8 million. I know he had his issues with injuries and just play, but it's looking like a small number to kick that can down the road. Did, did, did we blow it on that one? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. I don't know if we necessarily blew it because we made a decision with what we had at the time. Fellas, on this podcast, we 
we've talked about the price free agents, guys. We kn- we know or think you're going to come free, but this is a time of year and moving forward where we'll see guys get cut for cap reasons. Is there somebody that hasn't been our radar that's kind of on your radar now that you'd like to see us at least kick the kick the tires on? The Redskins recently released Paul Richardson, who they had signed to an above-average deal for what people thought he would get. He's been injured a lot in his entire career, but he's flashed the explosive playmaking potential that made him an $8 million cap hit, which is why they released him. I would like to see us bring him in because even though he struggles staying healthy, when he when he's on, he looks like he's a consistent Chloe Freeman, a guy where he's consistently a deep threat. With Russell Wilson, he was always dangerous to take a deep ball. He had the ability and the speed to get behind defenses. And we've seen that how Chloe Freeman can open up our offense. But he's very play calling specific and it's very obvious when he's in the game. He's in the game, it's probably gonna be a deep shot or he's a decoy. Paul Richardson is more consistent than Cleve Raymond. He's about the same speed. I trust him more in terms of catching and he probably won't cost much just because he's hurt so much teams aren't going to give him much money anyway because they won't trust him to stay healthy and if we got him for a couple million dollars to be our fourth receiver depending on if Tajay Sharp leaves I would really love that just to make our receiving core more explosive and add another downfield threat Fellas, I think we're done for this week. We'll be back with you soon. We're going to talk. You know, we all assume Tannehill one way or the other, long-term extension or franchise tag, but we need to do like the rest of our fan base and the media, local and national, is this just kicking around who we might get. Although I think it's sewn up. I think we owe it to ourselves, guys, to talk about in the small chance we don't bring back Tannehill one way or the other, who our quarterback might be next year. So stick around. We'll talk to you next week. Tighten up. Tighten up.